The Glory Center would like to welcome you to this podcast. We hope that this teaching will encourage and minister to you. And now, the message. I'm going to quickly review the gifts here, um, just since we have this in front of us here. And then we'll move on a little bit. Here we go. All right, and again, this, of course, if you don't know, is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And let me... First Corinthians 12, starting in verse 1. Again, we'll just do a quick wave review here and then uh, move on a little bit to some other things in the same vein. But Verse 1, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant or unaware. You know that when uh, you were Gentiles or pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are diversities or varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord uh, in varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things and all persons. And then he goes through the gifts here. But look at verse 7. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. So to each one. So that means that pretty old mug you see in the mirror every day, right? That's all of us, baby. So to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. So that could, you know... And again, using the gifts of the Spirit or the manifestation of the Spirit in this context is pretty much synonymous, interchangeable, right? He's talking about the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. These are ways in which Holy Spirit manifests Himself. Um, And Holy Spirit is... I think sometimes there's a disconnect. Like you read the Bible and then you come to your modern right here, right now setting moment... And like, I think we, and it can happen in multiple ways. Like if you, you look at uh, Abraham, right? You know, we look at these people and they're, they're giants and their fathers and, you know, and great people in scripture and all of that's true. But thankfully, the scriptures record their very all too human sides as well. You know, you look at David, you know, David is a man after God's own heart. David is also a man who, because of his position and power and lust, sleeps with another guy's wife and then puts him on the front lines to get killed. That's a man after God's own heart there. Right? You understand? We, we, we need to understand. These, these people are just as human as us. James chapter 5 uses Elijah as, a, as an example of a righteous man. And Elijah, one moment, He's rebuking the king, 1 Kings 17, and there will be no rain, you know, nothing except at my word. And then relatively moments, if you, you know, more or less, later, he's on the run, begging, literally praying for God to kill him. 
because he's so discouraged and uh, distraught and all of this stuff. So from this, and he, he's an example of a righteous man, right? But his faith was in the Lord. And going through ups and downs, this tablet's going to die. Going through ups and downs, being human, having high seasons, low seasons, all this kind of stuff is, is not indicative of, because a lot of times we think, well, you know, things just kind of aren't working out in some way. The job is, job stuff's, you know, less than grade and, you know, bills are this, that, and the other, and car broke down and all that. And you can think somehow, for some reason, we think that everything that happens, God is somehow directly involved or behind it. And that's just not the case, right? Um, Isaiah 54 Beautiful chapter on the hills of Isaiah 53, the great you know messianic prophecy of the suffering servant. But in Isaiah 54, Isaiah says, even if the mountains are removed and the hills depart, my, the Lord's covenant of peace will not depart from you. So, you know, mountains and hills departing. I mean, that's catastrophic. I've never seen something bring a mountain down. But if things were that bad, it would be no sign that the Lord was somehow against you. You, you understand the point there? Amen. You know, so uh, we don't want to think that way. We don't want to, you know, be... Before I knew the Lord, you know, like when I was, you know, younger, you're walking down the road and you find a $20 bill and you think, so, somewhere in your psyche, you think, oh, I must have done something good to to be the one to deserve to find this 20 bucks. Of course, when you the one that lost the 20 bucks, you, you think, you know, I must have done something bad, you know. I, I have, I have uh, family um, and, like, some their kids, which were, you know, they're all, they're the kids, but they're grown up, you know. But um, it could be anything. It could be, man, I, you know, hit my thumb with the hammer and it, you know, it's bruised and I think it's broken or whatever. Or, it, you know, I, I was fishing and got the, the hook caught in my feet, you know, and one of the parents sometimes would see, see what'd you do to make God mad? And, my God. I mean, that's messed up, man. You know, um, that's not a good, good father as we sing about, you know, so, um, I need to try to move on here a little bit, though. Let me just read this again, and then to each one. So that's that's every that that's you, that's me, that's everyone is given. So it's a gift. It's not an, a merit. It's not a reward. The manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So to each one is given the manifestation. That could mean whether you're the one ministering that manifestation. You know, pray for someone who's sick, the gift of healing comes, heals them, whatever. Praying for somebody, the Lord gives you a word. Or, of course, you could also be the recipient, right? So to each one is given the man for the common good. So you could be the, the giver or the receiver. It could be uh, a small group. It could be a prayer group. It could be the Bible study group. It could be a church service. It could be whatever. It could be walking through the aisle at the grocery store. But, you know, whatever it is, it's given for the common good, and, and I, I appreciate Paul's uh, repetitive, repetitive emphasis in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 in particular that we are to desire the gifts of the Spirit, 
as he says at the end of chapter 12, covet earnestly the best gifts, right? Um, and then in chapter 14, he says that all should desire to prophesy and tongues and interpretation of tongues and all those things. Um, Paul strongly encourages that. Um, but, well, let me keep reading here just a little bit. Let's, let's read through the list here and then we'll uh, advance a little bit. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another the working in miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. I know I'm going fast, but we're going to look on the list here. To another diversities of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, but the one and the self-same Spirit works all these things. I really appreciate that. But because if you notice, and in, in uh, well, let's see here, verse six, you know, he says there are varieties of effects, but the same God. Variety, verse five, varieties of ministries. I I always look for like the good, in what I, you know, what I mean, because you you can have a negative attitude in anything and kind of look for the negative, you know, but, it, and I always try to try, you know, to be aware of that and to to be intentionally, like Colossians 3, Paul says, let your mind be on those things which are above. You know, so being mindful and conscious and aware. Um, but of the good. But to me, it's important to, to be intentional about that. And I think of like just different ministries as he's talking about here. And for me, because it's too easy to, to nitpick every little thing, you know, and I don't know, it just, it's like it's a natural bent, I think, sometimes, just to be negative. Yeah. <laughs> a little attitude all the time, you know, one of those deals. But, I, you know, I think like T.D. Jakes, if you know who T.D. Jakes is, um, and then like Andrew Womack, totally different expressions of the grace on their lives, right? But both valid, both good, both anointed, right? So for me, I don't really care the package or the expression. I just look for the anointing and the truth and the love of God that's in it, right? So I can listen, you know, Billy Graham, you know, Baptist as the day is long. I can listen to Billy. And I will intentionally, you know, look for something good, you know. Um, I could listen to, I mean, take your, take your, I listen to everything. You guys know how I am. I could listen to an Orthodox priest, and I do. And I'll find something good, man, you know. I, I'll read the early church, people from a totally different world, so to speak. Uh, and I'll find, you know, even though you can find things you won't agree with, boom, I'll find something good. Um, Joseph Prince and Andrew Womack. I remember uh, a, a lot of a lot of word of faith people. Where I the world I come out of, uh, Joseph made a lot of them more nervous than Andrew did. And to me, it was so goofy because their message is ninety nine point nine percent the same. The only difference is, and is Joseph is kind of cool, or you know, <laughs> Andrew's just twangy. You know, one, just, yeah. You know, I bet Andrew wakes up at like three, right, gets on his horse and puts his cowboy hat on and, you know, God, 
you are good. This is beautiful. And one of this is powerful. If you've ever heard, he says that. It's powerful, brother. Your wood's wet. The devil will eat your lunch and pop the bag. You know, all of that. But and Joseph, I had somebody tell me. I had a pastor tell me once. I've told you guys this. Tell me, well, this Joseph Prince guy seems pretty good, but let's wait a while, and because he's just now kind of come coming out and well he had just come out in 2007 on the worldwide stage but he had been a pastor for 25 odd years by that time but he was new to the ministry they thought so we got because he's you know it's just good to me that's just so carnal I just that's a a little it really I really it's a pet peeve of mine you know Charles Stanley you might know who that is Charles Stanley just good old Southern Baptist day is long and he came out of a Pentecostal holiness group growing up, but um, Charles, man, I listen to him, I get blessed like crazy, you know. Um, I did, to me, I just look for that. I know I'm kind of going on with this, but uh, to me, that's important, right? I will look as much as is possible. Um, you'd have to be awful. You'd have to be really bad <laughs> for me to, to leave with, you know, something bugging me. It'd have to be awful, but hallelujah. Um, And I, and I get it, because some things, people like T.D. Jakes, who kind of get, you know, but that's his natural grace and anointing is to preach and to be loud and excited, and that's just his natural bent. And, and I have, I've also heard people, why can't you just say it? I've had people in talking about this very issue say, well, why can't they just say it? Why do they got to shout it? Why are you so carnal? That's my thought, you know, like, who cares? That's their natural grace. I understand, and it's okay to have preferences. I'm not saying that. But if you're in that setting and you go and there's this guest speaker, you could spend the whole service thinking about how you don't like their hair or their accent and why they get so loud or why they're so quiet. Or, or you could just focus on God and be blessed, right? You know? I mean, that's to me. I heard Jesse Duplantis. Everybody knows who Jesse is? Do what you want to with it. But, you know, he had his infamous encounter years ago where the Lord took him to heaven. And Jesse said, in heaven, he saw and heard Jesus preaching. And he said, I don't know why. I just thought Jesus was this calm, nice, gentle teacher. He said, man, Jesus could preach. And and that's about, he said, he was loud and preaching hard, you know. And read the Gospels. It will say, Jesus went through the cities and villages teaching and preaching. So, you know, it's all good, baby. Hallelujah. But the one and the same spirit, verse 11, works all, this tablet's going to die. Man, I tell you, our technology, these technology devils got to go somewhere, man. Let's see if I can swing this. No. First class operation around here. <laughs> Nothing but the best, baby. There we go. I think perfect's a little strong, but we'll we'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. I'll take it by faith. There we go. Now let's let's just well quickly. I know we did this last week, but having it in front of you instead of trying to you know right may help a little bit here. So very quickly, gifts of the spirit on the handout. 
as we just went through them here in 1 Corinthians 12. And Paul says, again, in verse 1, I would not have you ignorant. So we don't want to be ignorant of these gifts of the Spirit. So the way they're very often categorized is as they are in the handout. Uh, first of all, the so-called revelation gifts or gifts that reveal something. Uh, first, word of knowledge, a revelation of certain facts about people, places, or things concerning the past or present. And then as an example, and there's so many we could use, but Jesus with the woman at the well. They're talking for a little while, and then the Lord begins to minister things that he could only know by divine revelation. You know, you've had this many husbands and the man you're with now. See, past, present. And there's different things in Scripture. Um, lot, you know, there's even, you know, the book of Acts. You know, there's examples where the Lord would say, go to this place, such and such as house, a person named so-and-so will be there. That's facts about people. That's knowledge, word of knowledge, right? So, and again, it's a word of knowledge, not a book, as, you know, we say sometimes. Um, and these things are, are different. And I have found they can, sometimes things will, I, I don't know, it's like any relationship. You know, you'll have that, you know, that season where Friday nights was, you know, you know, me and my love bug, my boo-boo, my boo-boo bear, you know, Friday nights, when we were dating, we would go to the drive-in, and oh, it was, the, you know, and then 10 years later, Friday nights is, holy hallelujah, we got the kids in bed by nine, now we can <sighs> catch our breath, drink enough wine to survive, I'm joking, and wake up tomorrow and do it again, you know, uh, I mean, do what you will, I'm just saying, right, but um you know, there's different seasons, and, and I call it a lot of times the sweet spot. There was, a, I, I'm sorry for saying this, there was a season in my life where my sweet spot with the Lord, and that's, I'll give me the cross and you the cross was for this, was in the shower. I'd take shower, and it's like heaven would open, and God would just start jabbering, talking to me like crazy. I, you know, there was a season where when I would mow, I'd mow, man, and God, I'd get out there, and God start talking to me like crazy. And it's, to me, it's just like any relationship, you know? You can't force it. You can't try to make it. You, you try to make it, and it won't happen. You know, it's one of those deals. It's just the natural outflow and expression of, you know, your own living, real, dynamic relationship with the Lord. Um, and, and there's been other. You know, I've had other seasons where when I worked at Norville's, there was a couple of few years season where, and I've never really been a morning person by any stretch of the imagination, but, uh, you know, get up in the morning, go to Norville's or the ministry, and um, I'd hear from God, you know, a lot. So, I don't know. To me, I don't worry about how or why or what. I just embrace it when it happens and enjoy it. You know what I mean? That type of thing. Um, one of the things, I, and, and I'm trying to go, we'll get more of the definitions here. One of the things that is worth noting in this area is the gifts operate and your calling, your, whatever God graced you to do, you know. And that doesn't just mean full-time ministry. We understand that, right? Right, good. We're all ministers, straight up. Um, but one of the things that's worth noting is the gifts, your calling, all this type of, this whole area operates like everything else 
in the things of God by grace through faith, right? So that's important because you're never going to become personally holy enough in your works, in your performance, and that type of thing to qualify for God to use you. Amen. It's only the blood of Jesus that qualifies. You know, Andrew Romick says very often, uh, somebody may have to remind me, I forget exactly how he says it, but something like God's never had any qualified vessels, something like that, working for him yet, and you won't be the first. You know, Jesus was the only qualified vessel in and of himself, and we're in him, so he's our qualification. And Colossians 1 says that very clearly. Verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father who hath qualified us, right, uh, for the inheritance. So, So it's, don't worry about getting your act together, because you probably figured out by now it's not going to happen, right? Sadly enough. But, you know, they, these things, and it just depends, you know, even in operating, you know, not, you know, your relationship with the Lord, hearing from the Lord, that type of stuff, and I, connecting that to this area of the gifts of the Spirit and ministering to people, um, it again is by grace through faith, and it, it takes just knowing the Lord. I mean, there's no special formula. There's no magical prayer. There, you know, it's just knowing Jesus. And knowing Jesus is faith. To know him is to trust him, right? And even in the gifts, you know, the scripture talks you know, about Saul and how the Spirit of God would come upon uh, King Saul how the Spirit of God would come upon him, and it was as if he would turn into another man. And the anointing is like that. It'll, it'll make you, like there's plenty of times, I can't remember, I may have mentioned this last week, but, and some of you I'm sure can resonate with this, there are times you will say things under the anointing, you know, influenced by the Spirit of God, and you'll come out from under that anointing, and you'll think, dear God, did I really say that? Or did I really do that? You know, there's a video on YouTube of, and I don't recommend this, and I think I mentioned this, of Brother Hagen, and he was in a church, and he calls a woman up to minister to her, and so help me, he slaps her, and he says like, walk to the back of the church now, walk up, and I'm not gonna, don't get nervous, and then walk, you know, and does it a couple of times, and she got totally healed. I think she was deaf or something, got totally healed, and Brother Hagen had no recollection of ever doing it, you know, and I and I've. Uh, not been quite that far off in the realm of glory, if you will, but uh, there are those times where you get so enveloped in the anointing and the glory of God. For me, it's almost like I'm in a dream, and then I step out of it, and that, that glory clap, if you will, sort of lifts, and, you, you know, uh, those things are real, and we should embrace those things. We should not, you know, and especially if you've never, if, you're, if you were never in an environment where these things were common, a lot of, you know, people, uh, they say, yeah, but that stuff's weird. And I think, yeah, but who gives a rip? What does that, if you're sick with cancer and you get healed, who gives a rip? You know, I mean, Holy Spirit, I, I don't know, maybe he is weird. Maybe we just need to be weirder. You know, we need to get more weird, if you will, you know. Not weird for the sake of being weird, you know. That's not your calling, so don't, you know. But... It's weird to walk on water, right? And yet, oh, but that was Jesus. Well, it was also Peter, right? 
Um, well, that praying for the sick stuff, I don't, well, just Jesus does know. So just trust him. He'll help you with it. And, you know, so there's so many dynamics to these things. But it does take faith because connected to the idea that, you know, there are seasons in these things, even in the gifts of the Spirit in your calling, there's, there's times where things will function one way and then, boom, God will switch it and it'll work another way, right? You'll prophesy a certain way for a season and then God will change it and maybe you won't prophesy at all or maybe God will start using you in interpretation of tongues instead of just, you know, it just depends, right? It's just we don't dictate or determine it, but go with the flow, right? Go with the flow of those rivers of living water. And it does take faith. Um, God is most likely, you know, when you minister to people, usually, most likely, chances are, probably, most of the time, whatever, Jesus isn't going to visibly appear to you and dictate to you every word he wants you to personally, you know, you know like he's standing here, all right, walk over to Max, backhand, I mean, pray for him, you know, like that's not, but it's the spirit within you and you learn to go with that, you know, and sometimes, the, you know, when I, and I keep mentioning it, it takes faith because it does take faith to step out. And what will happen a lot of times is the Lord will just give you, you know, you know, I see words written over people's heads a lot. So I'll see the word, you know, a word like uh, marriage. And then that's all I'll get. And then I'll start. And once I step out by faith and start, then that flow will come and more will come. But it took that faith to step out. Right. And so that's uh, that's important to recognize. It, it's um, we, we think for some reason that sometimes Holy Spirit's going to come and like take over us, take over our mind and like direct us. And, you know, like we're on autopilot and don't know what we're doing. And it just really doesn't tend to work that way. So just keep that in mind. All right. I got to move on here. Uh, word of wisdom. A revelation of divine wisdom, wisdom being what, knowing what to, when to, and how to, the application of knowledge, right? Um, an example is when Jesus instructed Peter to go fishing and to pull a coin from a fish's mouth. So that was clear wisdom. That was clear instruction on where to go, what to do, how to do, etc. It's just divine word of wisdom, right? Uh, discerning of spirits is very easy to see or hear in the realm of spirits. For example... Anyone in Scripture, like in Acts chapter 1, they see an angel, that's discerning of spirits. And people all, you know, point this out typically, but I think it's worth pointing out. It's not the gift of discernment. There is no gift of being judgmental or discerning everyone. It's discerning of spirits to actually see, hear. You know, Revelation 1, John, uh, John turns, hears a voice behind him. He turns around, he sees the resurrected, glorified Jesus, all right? That's discerning of spirits. Vocal gifts, diversities of tongues, a divine utterance in, in an unknown to human language, or Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, tongues of angels, heavenly language, or as in Acts chapter 2, a human language which the speaker does not know. So in Acts chapter 2, they were speaking as the Spirit of God gave them utterances. And it says there were men from every nation under heaven, which fulfilled Matthew 24, 15. This gospel of the kingdom must go out to the whole Oikimene, Roman Empire world. Um, but 
they it says they heard them in their own languages, right? So that's one manifestation uh, of this beautiful gift. Another that's very common is, you know, that's how my dad got saved. My dad was an adult, you know, young 20s, and starts thinking about, as you do, whatever, your own mortality, and is there a God, and, you know, all this type of stuff. And as time progressed, he ended up going uh, to this church, and he's not even really come to faith yet. He's, he's beginning to believe, and he's seeking, you know, but he's not there yet, if you will. And there's this little prayer group. There was like eight, ten people there, and they didn't know him. And uh, so they're praying, and then there was a tongues and interpretation, and part of, uh, part of the interpretation was something about... Um, Something like all of you here, I don't, I'm butchering it, but, you know, say you know me, but one of you here does not know me. I mean, it wasn't shaming him. I don't remember. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, tongues and interpretation will reveal the secrets of the hearts of men. And when God Almighty lets you know that he knows your address, boy, it'll get your attention, you know. And so that's what my dad couldn't deny that. <laughs> That'll wake you up. So uh, these gifts are beautiful and should be embraced. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 39, forbid not speaking in tongues. Plainly says it. 1 Thessalonians, he says, do not despise prophesying, right? And so Paul strongly admonishes embracing the power of the Holy Spirit. Gift of prophecy, very simply, divine utterance. When I say divine, I don't mean infallible because we're human vessels, but I mean it's from God, you know. Divine utterance in a human language. First prophecy in Scripture is Genesis 3.15. When the Lord pr prophesied that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent, right? Um, and then Isaiah 53, the suffering servant, or New Testament, Agabus, Acts chapter 11, prophesying of a coming famine. Lastly, what are called the power gifts, gifts that do something if you will, gifts of healing, manifestation in which God's power produces, very simply, supernatural healing. So it's not being a doctor, thank God for doctors, but that's not the gifts of healings. Has not these, all of these gifts are supernatural manifestations. Uh, and it can be physical, mental, emotional. And then Jesus, Mark chapter 5, uh, the demoniac, as he's often called, Jesus cast the demon out of him and he was in his right mind. That was a mental healing. Um, Acts 3, Peter and John, silver and gold, have I none, but such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ and others, stand up and walk. Gifts of healings. Working in miracles. A manifestation in which God's supernatural power and law overrides natural law. Water doesn't normally turn into wine, in case you don't know, but Jesus can do that, right? People don't typically walk on water unless it's frozen, right? But Jesus and Peter got down with it. Uh, axe heads floating, you know, and the prophet in the Old Testament. Um, on and on. There's many manifestations of that in Scripture. Lastly, the gift of faith, sometimes called, I, I want to say the Amplified says the gift of special faith. It's a manifestation in which God's perfect faith assists our limited faith so we can believe for something we could not ordinarily believe for. And what do I mean by that? Well, Scripture promises us certain many things, many certain things. But, you know, for example, you can't really, if you understand, you can't just believe God for a hundred purple cats, 
That's, that's not a scriptural promise. Do you guys, does that make sense? So, you know, if, if, you're, if that floats your boat, help yourself. I'm just saying scriptural promise. Like you don't have a scriptural promise that for every child of God, you have the right. You know, Jesus died so you could turn water to wine. Well, no. <laughs> but if such a situation, situation arose, he could infuse you with special faith beyond what you have the right to ordinarily believe for. Son, stand still. That's, you don't have a blood-bought right to that, but if it worked out in the plan of God and there was the need, he could faith you, his faith, to faith that with. Can you dig it? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's his faith, you know, a manifestation of his perfect faith. Now, I know it's 11 or it's 12. Let me just do a few things here. That was a lot of review, but I think I added some other elements in there to that. Uh, we can move on. Let me just mention a few things here. Uh, I want to be as quick as I can. Uh, I just want to encourage us in embracing our own assignment, anointing, calling, etc. Um, as Paul goes through 1 Corinthians 12, he points out the very significant importance of every, you know, every child of God embracing their assignment, right? And the example Paul uses is the body, physical body compared to the body of Christ. And Paul makes it a big point to say that while there's many members, there's one body and each part has a very important role. And I, I don't know about you guys, and I'm sure you do, but I really celebrate, I, you know, I try to celebrate other people's graces and, you know, anointings and callings. Um, sometimes, you know, some people are called to and graced and actually anointed to make money and to be a blessing, you know, and to thank God. <laughs> Hello. That's a beautiful thing. I kind of, I like that one. I, I hope I side hustle into that. Some, you know, I hope, the, I hope the Lord, you know, moves me, not, not away from ministering, but that dynamic of ministering, if you will, as well. I like, I really admire that one. Don't, it's fun being a blessing, you know? Um, I mean, I, I know a guy, he's a pastor. Um, he's, uh, at Norval's ministry, there were two guys and they were both Tom W. Smith. One of them was Thomas, but the other one's legal name was Tommy. It was not Thomas. It was Tommy, Tommy Wayne Smith. And so one was from Kentucky, one was from Malibu. Malibu, you know. And so we called him Kentucky Tom or Malibu Tom. And Malibu Tom was at Norville's ministry for a handful of years with us. Um, and he left and went back to California, and he pastors now. But he sent a uh, very large uh, check, a five-figure check to the, to the ministry. But he told them, he said, I've dreamed of always being able to write a check this big, you know, to, to ministry, to, you know, that ministry in particular that had been such a blessing to him. And I think that way. 
Like I think, man, I'd love to hand somebody a $5,000 check. I'd love to give Ray and Jane 25 grand and say, go get them, bless God. I mean, would that make your day? Woo! I love that. Love that kind of stuff. Um, support different ministries, you know, just all that, man. I love that. Love it, love it, love it. And as I say very often, you don't even have to be led to be a blessing. <laughs> just so you know. God will lead you to be a blessing. Absolutely. But you don't have to be under the glory cloud to be nice to somebody, <laughs> you know. Um, sometimes I, I go through a, you know, you know, you go through a drive-thru in Starbucks. It's very common, fairly common. Hey, the people behind me, pay for whatever they're getting, you know. Well, you don't have to be, you just be nice because you want to be nice. There's a novel thought, you know. If, the, if we, the church, would get this love thing down, we almost wouldn't even need miracles to reach the lost. If we just quit being jerks to each other, you know, but God help us, you know. Let, let me just uh, very quickly here. I got, I got to wrap this up. First Peter 4, and I'm going to be very quick. It's Father's Day. I want to get us out of here. Took longer than I anticipated. Um, Re-going over some of that stuff. But First Peter chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 8. He says, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another. This is so beautiful. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Woo! Amen. I, I've, for years, I heard people say, well, God's grace, God will give you grace for a season, but after a certain point, He'll let you go or He'll, what, you know, he'll pull back His grace. I had someone... Try to convince me of that uh, at dinner one time when I was a guest minister somewhere. And um, hey, if you if help yourself, if you want to believe God's going to give up on you, help yourself, homie. I'm good. I'm going to stick with. I'll never leave you, never forsake you. That's what I'm going to stick with. Amen. The, you know, because it says here, love covers not a lot of sins, but after a while, no, a multitude. Thank God. And the problem is, we're so self-righteous, we don't realize we are the one. Because it's easy to look and say, oh yeah, oh, that Lillian, oh, she's got a mountain, a multitude of sins, but mine's just a little bitty molehill. No. <laughs> Give me, you know, it's all of us. It's all of us. There, you know, it's, there's no such thing per se, I understand, you know, but big sinner, little sinner. Like it's in Christ or not, period. You know what I'm saying? And so that's, you know, this is all of us. But his emphasis here is, notice he's, he's talking about understanding this in ministering to other people, right? So keep reading. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Look at verse 10. As each one has received a special charisma in Greek, that's where we get the word charismatic, charisma, from charis, charis, which is grace, employ it in serving one another. So that's what our being anointed, called, graced is to serve, right? Jesus said in Mark 10, 45, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. The God, the King of the universe said, he came to serve. Amen. 
Man, that's humbling and motivating, right? In serving one another as stewards of the multifaceted, manifold grace of God. So we steward the grace given to us in ministering to other people. In closing, Ephesians 4. Verse 1. Ephesians 4.1. Man, it's good to see you guys. Ah, oh, people. Thank you. Verse 1. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. And don't read that in some, oh, I got to be worthy. No, he's saying you've been made worthy. You, you know, someone ever, you know, you walk, you know, one of these, you know, your parent might grab, hey, man, hold your head up. Put the chair, you know, act like you're somebody, you know, kind of like that. You're, you're worth something. So know it and walk it out. Now, this isn't some legalistic, you better be worthy. Something is worth what someone's willing to pay for it, right? Yeah. So what did God pay for us? His himself, right? So know that you've been made worthy. Walk it out. Verse 2. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing, ooh, that's another dirty church word, tolerance. We don't like to be tolerant. We like to judge. Thank you very much. Now, showing tolerance for one another in love. Be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all, but to each, so notice just like Peter, he implores us to be stewards of love to those around us, but to each one of us uh, was given, sorry, to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. And I'm not going to jump in all the rest of this, but like in verse 11, 11, it says he gave some apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors. Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up the body of Christ. A lot to say about all those verses, but you can see, I think, some similarities here with 1 Corinthians 12, um, being the body of Christ and embracing the grace that we've been given and using it as humble, loving stewards to those around us, right? Um, I, I'm going to stop there, but um, I, I don't know why we always wrestle, it seems like, most of us, at some point. You know, we wrestle with... It's like you want, as, as I've been mentioning over the weeks, 
A lot of times it's like you want to be called to anything else but what God's calling you to. You know, you ever been there? It happens. Look at Moses. I mean, Moses really, really struggled. The beautiful thing is, as Romans 11 says, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance or irrevocable. Um, different translations, but in, in the Amplified says, because repentance means change your mind, it says God never changes his mind about those whom he's given his grace to. So, you just can't outrun God. You guys, most, probably most of you, you know, met my dad when, when he came up here and he ministered, but there was this uh, guy, he was an older guy, I mean, I don't even know, 80s or something, I don't know, but his name was Bud. And Bud got saved because when he was a little boy, and he was just a little simple, I don't know, you know, country kind of, you know, just a real simple kind of country guy. Oh, Bud. Bud's in heaven now. But um, Bud was feeling the, the conviction to, as a little boy, you know, to come to Jesus, and, you know, as you do. And like a lot of us, he wrestled with it, you know. But he could not get away from that conviction. So he literally, he thought he would try to get away and outrun God, get away from and outrun God. So he climbed up in a tree. Well, I can get high enough up there. This is a true story. I'm going to climb up there and maybe that'll be far enough away, God. Most of us would think God's up the higher you go. I don't know why he thought that, but whatever. But he jumped, but he climbed up on this tree limb. I don't know how high he was, high enough. He thought it would work. And somehow or another, a chicken got up on that tree limb where he was. And he thought, man, if I can't even outrun this chicken, there's no way I outran God, you know. So that's it when he got saved. That's when he came to faith, you know. Yeah, yeah. The Holy Spirit can be a dove. He can be a chicken, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, it seems like we all wrestle with these things, but... Um, it's better to embrace the grace given to you, you know? And things doesn't mean everything is going to be easy, but when that grace is on you for your assignment in, in seasons of life, you, you just, yeah, you can't, there's nothing better in a set, you know? It's just, yeah, it's, uh, the grace will be there to carry you through all the obstacles and all the things, the enemy's opposition, right? And so a lot to say about that, but I want to wrap up. The Glory Center would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope that it is encouraged and ministered to you. We also would like to invite you to check out our website at glorycenter.org.